Hi, cool kids. Welcome to episode seven of the Cool and E podcast. Um, sorry for the delay in creating this new podcast, but we got a good one for you. Um, today I'm talking with Stephanie and we are talking about the trauma of dating. It gets real and I wanted to apologize in advance for sounding like a petulant 10-year-old since I'm clearly in my feelings in this episode, but, um... We found it very funny, but it's also very real. And before I get into the episode, I just wanted to tell all you local cool kids that on May 12th, we are having an event. We're partnering with Advocacy to Legacy and She Is Me Project and having um, an event called Continuing the Conversation, where we will be discussing um, mental health and stigma, and people will be sharing their firsthand experience either living with a mental health illness or living with someone with a mental health illness, and um, yours truly will be speaking there, and tickets are on sale if you go to Eventbrite and look for She Is Me, and um, let's get on with the show. All right, cool kids, we are back. I am here with Stephanie, who is a licensed clinical social worker. Hello. And, uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Sounds good. Anonymous enough for you? Okay. So today we are going to be talking about dating and trauma, and this podcast is... um, Kind of inspired by this article that now I see has two different names. So the first name was The Bittersweetness in Juno Diaz's Me Too Moment and How Men Traumatize Women on Their Way to Healing. Um, and that's the title on the blackyouthproject.com website. On her own blog, um, Medium, it's called In the Darkness, Men Leave Behind the Women and Emerge in the Light Clean and Free. The author's name is Brianna, oh, I'm going to butcher her last name, Yurina Ravello. Her little bio says that she's a writer, community organizer, errant punk, ne'er-do-well, Afro-Dominicana, high hex femme. Her article was really in response to Juno Diaz's Me Too article, which he was recounts being uh, sexually abused as a child, and then consequently how he like his journey to healing himself but in this journey to heal himself and like accept what happened to him and like finally actually get therapy and talk about it he basically broke a lot of hearts and um Stephanie and I kind of have like two different reactions to this response article because I really related with her I feel like I am constantly like quote-unquote fixing men like I feel like at the end of the relationship, they're in better shape than I am. And I am personally very tired of doing that. Um, and so I really, really, really liked the article and felt like it explained my dating, my dating history. <laughs> so Stephanie, do you want to say what you thought about the article? Well, I think that she did have some valid points, but I also think that we have to take responsibility for what happens in our relationships. I feel that as we are growing ourselves, we, need to learn how to not tolerate certain things. So if someone is not ready for a relationship, we need need to honor that and not try to force that person to be ready for something that they're not ready for. And that's fair. And I will say one that is much easier said than done. And especially like in my twenties, I forced it a lot in my thirties. I'm kind of, there are different habits, but there are not, 
there still aren't the results that I want to have. Mm-hmm. And so like one thing we we're talking about earlier was I was telling Stephanie how I feel like I'm constantly like social working my boyfriends and I don't want to feel <laughs> like I'm social working my boyfriends. Like I want to feel like I'm not on the clock and not, mm-hmm. you know, trying to figure out past traumas and work through them. And I don't know. So what do you think? What do you think about that? Or Well, I think you bring up a really good point because in my 20s too, I feel like I settled for a lot of things and I took a lot of things. But now that I'm in my 30s, I know more of what I want and I'm not going to basically settle for someone that doesn't know how to communicate. So that's like a huge thing for me. And I, and I think that I become more selective. So like within a couple of dates, I already know if this person is someone that I'm going to actually spend some time with. And Stephanie um, is good at this. Like I think a lot of people say this, but I don't think it, they really do it in action And so, like, when we were driving over earlier, you were talking about um, how you're taking a break from dating and Mm -hmm. how that feels good. So can you shed some light (laughs) on that? Well, I know for me, like, I've been on this journey of growing. And I think that in order for me to attract the person that I'm looking for, that I need to get right with myself. So I know that I've done a lot of work on myself these past few years. And over the past month or two, I've just consciously decided not to date so I can really just focus on myself, my well-being, making new friends, and my happiness without all those other distractions. And they are true distractions. (laughs) They can be. They can be. I am uh, not dating right now, but mainly because I'm in a really angry stage. And... (laughs) Putting it lightly, stuff has hurt me ranting like pretty much all afternoon. But um, I'm in no place to date because I'm trying to deal with my own stuff. But I, but part of what like what are my anger stems from is that I am tired of entering a relationship feeling healthy and then like by the end I'm destroyed. And so like I'll enter these relationships like in a really good space. And then by the end, I'm just, like, a wreck who, like, needs, like, this therapy all the time. And they they leave better persons, and I don't feel like I'm leaving as a better Mm -hmm. person. And that makes me angry. Well, what I've noticed, like, looking back over all of my relationships, because I try to learn from each experience, I've noticed that there were red flags from the beginning, and I chose not to look at it. So I think that we as women need to take responsibility for the people that we're allowing into our space. Before it gets to to the point where all these feelings are involved and it's harder to leave. I hear that, but, and this is probably my own thing, but, like, where do men and their work come into play? They have to want to do the work, and we can't make anyone want to do that. And I know that when I was in my 20s, like, I would would always think that, well, you know, I love this person, so this person's going to want to change, but that's not the truth. They have to want to change. And they have to do it on their own. We can't make anyone be ready for something that they're not ready for. That is fair. They should tell us up front, though. That, that's the thing that I have an issue with. Like, if you're not ready, just say you're not Don't ready. Don't waste my time. Don't waste my time. Exactly. I agree with that. As you say that, I hear Drake's nice for what playing in the background because, <laughs> like, it has become my mantra. And this might become a recurring thing because I know that this is something that I talked to Stacey about, about just, like, how men are not as nice as we they used to be or maybe we've just like really 
put on rose-colored glasses in our 20s and don't remember men being no, they weren't nice. as I remember that. ridiculous <laughs> as they are right now. Like, I'm, I was telling Stephanie on the way here about this guy. Like, he basically was like, I want to have sex with you, but I have no desire to be in a relationship with you. And I'm like, what part of the game is this? And how is this, like, a conversation that at the same would lead t- to sex? Like, but at the same time... What the hell? At the same time, I respect it because at least he was up front instead of stringing you along. And at the same time, I think that's some fuck shit that you would it really come function. all the way out. Like, I was just really sitting there like, this is fucking crazy. Like, this is crazy. But that's what we're dealing with. Like, these guys are bold and they don't care how they talk to women. <laughs> Some of them. I'm not going to say all of them because that's not the truth. Oh, yeah. We're not going to generalize. Yeah. But the fuck shit. Like, I, I just, I can't. And where Stephanie is taking a very zen route to... Dealing it took with me. This. It took me years to get to this point, might I add. I am very not zen. I'm like super pissed off. Like and like I relate to this girl. So like she says at one point, like she's talking about women and she goes, like, we're scaffolding light stage and financial support for men to show of suffering, pain, loss, and darkness, then realization, learning, healing, and growth, even if they're on on such a path. It's like and our emotions are constantly dismissed and diminished throughout. And taught that we're the ones in the wrong if we push them towards accountability or healing or cry out when hurt by their trauma-informed actions. And I kind of just feel like that's my experience. And I understand that men experience more trauma than women. I understand that men have a harder time expressing their feelings than women. Like, I, I... understand all those things and yet i still am like you're also an adult so like use your fucking words which is something else i've said in this podcast and like so yes homeboy did use his fucking words and was like yeah i want to have sex with you but i have no desire to be with you but like what i'm in my feelings about that but just in general like this idea of like i feel like men get a pass because like traditionally they don't open up that much and so like we kind of are like it's okay for men to act this way because like they're men and like since men have a hard time talking like we're not gonna make them talk or does that make any sense or am I just like rambling I feel like there are guys that are more able to talk I just really haven't come across them yet (laughs) I mean as 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 a whole I mean I maybe have come across like one or two unicorns (laughs) unicorns rainbows and sunshine yes glitter (laughs) the sky fairy dust I don't know where those men are I just um, I just really related to the author because, like I said, I feel like since I am social working, these men, they get some healing out of it and maybe not as much as I would have wanted, but I feel like they leave better in better shape than they came into it and I leave broken. Well, that's because I feel like a lot of times we as women feel like we have to fix people and that is not our responsibility to fix anybody. That is true. The only person that I'm responsible for fixing is myself. That is also if, true. If someone doesn't want to fix themselves, then I have to decide for myself, do I want to remain in this or do I want to focus on what's going to make me happy? And a lot of times we spend months or years trying to fix somebody or waiting for someone to change and it doesn't happen. True. That is also true. They have to want to make the changes for themselves. And for me, I'm, I'm not going to waste any time trying to wait for someone to change. That's very mature. That's why I just, like, I mean, that's a very mature way to look at it. Because I know for me, like, when I was in my 20s, like, I would spend so much time, like, wondering why, like, things weren't happening the way that I wanted them to happen. But now I realize that people are going to be who they want to be. 
regardless of how I think or feel about it. Yeah. They're going to do what they want to do. And I just have to decide for myself what is going to make me happy. I can't spend any more time trying to make something work that's not meant to work. Yeah. That is mature and very healthy. Like I said, it took years to get to this point. <laughs> like I'm, I'm <laughs> this is not here, overnight. Like, I'm just sitting here like I am not there yet. I mean, like I'm I'm getting better with boundaries, but even that has been like a really weird and like rocky road. Um, yeah, like the boundaries is it's it's new. Well, what I've done, like even like with like friends and things like that, I've just thought about what is going to make me feel good. And if something is not going to make me feel good anymore, then I distance myself from it. Because yeah. at the end of the day, it's about my well-being because I've spent so many years doing things for other people to make them happy. Yeah. But now it's my turn and this is my life. I love it. And Because at the end of the day, you can only get like more and more stressed out trying to reach out to people and things are one way and you get frustrated over and over again. I'm just tired of it. I'm not doing it anymore. So at some point, you have to put yourself first and not everybody else. So how did you learn to do that? <clears throat> well, for me, like I really, I've been by my, I've been single for the past two years and I've really taken some time to really focus on my well-being. Like I went to therapy and I think that anyone that isn't in the mental health field should do that because we take on so much as clinicians or nurses or whatever it is that sometimes we do need support. And I know, know for me that I needed to learn more about my unhealthy patterns and so that I could figure out ways to become healthier. And then I've also really focused on like my physical well-being. And I think that you have to really take a look at yourself physically, mentally, spiritually, everything in order to make some changes. And I know for me, like I started exercising and I do it consistently. And that definitely helps how I feel about myself and what I allow into my space because I know that I love myself and I'm not going to tolerate anyone that's going to treat me any less. Than- I love listening to Stephanie talk. We had a very long conversation about this <clears throat> actually in Target. and <laughs> It was pretty much this same conversation. And I love it because she doesn't just talk the talk. I think I'll, I keep using this generalization, but because I see people that say these words, but then they act in ways that don't reflect that. I see you. I do see you act in ways that reflect that you love yourself and that you are making change. Like, like Stacey, she runs, she runs all the freaking time. <laughs> At one point she was riding her bike with me. So that was cool. Like, but, um, we can still ride the bikes. <laughs> um, my bike needs some air in a tire. But, um, I think that's an important first step. And I think that that's probably also the difference between you and this author. Like, I know you thought that she came off as angry. Mm-hmm. And that might be because she hasn't, I don't remember if she said if she's done the work or if she just was saying that she was mad uh, about what Well, I actually wrote down one of the quotes that she said. Okay. Where she kind of acknowledges that she is angry. She said, it kind of feels like bullshit to be someone who always demands men do more to step up and be upfront about their behavior, feelings, and experiences, only to become critical when one finally does in such a sincere and powerful way. So like she said in in that, in that quote that we expect so much from them, but at the, at the end of the day, they're, they're people just like us. You know, we have good days. We have bad days. We might not be ready for a relationship. And I mean, there's times where like, I know I was in my early twenties and I just wanted to have fun. 
Yeah. But I mean, I think that as we grow and hopefully the men are growing right alongside us, but that doesn't always happen like that, that we have to recognize that they're on their own journey and we can't enforce how we feel onto them. Their experience is their experience. I understand that. I guess I'm just trying to understand or figure out how to know if they're really ready or not. So like some guys will stay straight up like, I don't want to be in a relationship. But some guys... Don't say that, but they show you in other ways. Like, is it, like, do they think that they want to be in a relationship, but, like, subconsciously they don't, or? Well, what I've noticed is, like, I have to start listening intently. Intentionally? Intentionally, excuse me. Supposed to work that. So you have to really be paying attention to what they're saying, like, and reading between the lines. Because they'll tell you one thing, but if you listen to someone, what someone is really saying, you'll be able to pick up so much more. Like, for example, I went on a date a couple months ago and the guy was talking about like being subservient subservient and all this stuff. And I was like, whoa, Mm -hmm. that's not going to work for me. Mm -hmm. So I knew that within like the first date. So I think when we go on dates, we really need to be cautious of what that person is actually saying and really listen to what they're saying and think about, is this going to be a good fit for me? Yeah. Cause that's the servant. It's not. <laughs> well, for me, it's not for, I mean, for other people it would be, but I'm, I'm very independent. So like I have no problem like doing things for my man or my husband, but I don't want to be expected to do all these things all the time. Right. Yeah. I went on a date with a guy and he said, I want to, feel like a man or I want to make sure that I always feel like a man and I was like I don't know what that means but I don't think I want any parts of that because that sounds like a lot of did you ask him what he meant I didn't ask him what he meant I just was like I don't think I mean there were other issues with him but that struck that struck out to me because I was like what I was like I've never really heard that one before but I have a feeling that that means me toning myself down a lot well, I would ask, like and I've name. gotten to the point where, like, I have no shame in asking because <laughs> I may think that the person means one thing and it could mean something totally different. And I could be wrong. I think in my case, I was not wrong about <laughs> what he needed to be to feel like a man. But uh, should I ever see him again, I will. I probably still won't ask him. I don't really care. But that isn't a boring conversation to have. I mean, I think because by that point, I had already decided that it wasn't going to work, that I was kind of just like, meh like checked out of it mm-hmm. that's something new like I so know you really... mentally checked out but did you actually check out because those are two different two different things i actually checked out like a week later okay. but uh because but i normally don't like it's it's been interesting because like because speaking of trauma so like my friends like they noticed that i will stay through a lot of fuck shit and like my old therapist was like, you have a really high tolerance <laughs> for you shenanigans do. you do <laughs> and um <laughs> And, I, and I'm pretty sure I know why that is. But the one thing is that, like, if a guy yells, like, I am just out. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if a guy raises his voice, like, I am, like, it's just, like, the switch is turned off. And I'm like, we're done. You're done. Goodbye. And it's over. Mm-hmm. And, but I also think of the trauma that led me to do that. But I mean, I think that that's, like, the only, for a long time, that was, like, the only thing that would like that was like the only boundary or like mm-hmm. the only kind of like standard because you've heard about my exes and you've met some of them and it's like <laughs> nonsense. But well, we've like, all is, we've all that, it. that's been like the one thing that it's like if you raise your voice, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh no, like nope, because I know what comes next, and 
I don't want, I want no parts of that. Well, they have to learn how to communicate. Yeah. Period. I mean, because I don't think yelling and screaming and swearing and all that stuff is healthy for any relationship. So it's not healthy for nobody. It's so, not. It's, that should never be tolerated. That person should learn how to communicate in a different way. Period. Yeah, but what if they don't think that there's anything wrong with that? Then you then you have to think about because whether this he is was looking you want. at me like he was like, well, "Why aren't you yelling back?" And I was like, "Cause I'm an adult and I'm not gonna sit here yelling with you to to have a disagreement. Like, no. this is crazy." And that comes back to the original thing that like the guys have to want to change if they're if they're complacent with where where they are, then that's them. We have yeah. to decide if we want to continue with this. Like, yeah. if you know that 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 yelling is a deal breaker for you, then. Okay, it's a deal breaker. Yeah. Why waste any more time if the person's going to continue to yell at you over and over again? Or if it escalates. Yeah. And it could escalate if someone's yelling. You yeah. never know. Then I don't want to stay around to find out. Exactly. That's why yelling's been my, like, sole deal breaker. <laughs> we're working on my tolerance level for the fuck shit. We're, we're, we're getting there slowly. I had a breakthrough a couple months ago. So, you know, baby steps. Um, well, what I always tell my clients, and this is a social worker coming out, <laughs> it's progress, not perfection. So we learn as we go along and we just try to do things differently the next time. Yeah, that, that is true. It's not going to be great every single time. You know, we're going to, we're going to make mistakes as we go along, as we're growing. And that's part of the growing pain. I hear that. And I think why I relate to her is she goes... But I can't help but feel better. Did you read this about, I can't help but feel bitter on behalf of his nameless exes, especially as I see myself in them. When you're involved with damaged men, you're expected to put away your own trauma and carry them. And when they get rid of you, you're supposed to internalize why they did that and just disappear. And I think that that's kind of, that's what really resonated with me. And I guess that's why, I mean, that's part of why I'm going through this really angry stage right now. It's like, I feel like, this is the first time I've allowed myself to be angry after all these years of like kind of putting people back together mm-hmm. and like not getting that back. Well, that's and, and I and like and I can recognize that like it was my choice exactly. to do that. I can I can recognize and I can understand that, and so maybe I'm mad at myself as well. But like I feel like, especially when I talked about this article with other people, like there are so many women that see themselves in this article mm-hmm. and like like or, or that are like this article is my dating history and that also makes me angry because it's like like I'll talk to uh, like my ex-boyfriend I, was, I would try to talk to him about his ex and all he would say is she's crazy and having dealt with him I'm just like you probably made her crazy like <laughs> she probably wasn't crazy before you came along and then you push it to the edge and she's crazy. And, like, I just feel like it's so easy to be like, a oh, woman are crazy, my ex is crazy, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, I feel like these men never think about, like, what do they do to us? Lead us to, like, be acting, quote, unquote, crazy, you know? And so I guess that's what my frustration is, is, like, I can see our role in this. And, like, we choose these men and we choose to stay with these men. But I also feel like it's very pervasive. Like, it's not just black men. It's not, excuse me, just Hispanic men. Mm -hmm. But, like, it is, I don't know. I just see, especially, like, the more research I do on trauma, I just see, like, men's trauma, like, destroying us or, like, driving us crazy or, like, making us not like ourselves. And, like, that makes me angry. And that's why I really 
like related to this author and like she said that she's angry and I mean like I can admit that I'm angry too you know I don't want to be angry forever but that's the thing like at some point for our own well-being we have to move past the anger so that we can be okay it's not about the other person it's about us and our healing and I knew for me like it was taking up so much energy being angry yeah this is this is that I just had to let it go you know, because it's not worth it. Because at the end of the day, when you're stressed out, all kinds of stuff can happen to you. You can get sick and it's just not good. No, it is not. And we spend so much time sometimes thinking about other people that are probably not even thinking about us. And I had to think and about now that. Now you sound like my mom. <laughs> my it's mom true, says though. that all the time. She's like, that boy is probably not thinking about you. And I'm like, that makes me more angry. <laughs> I'm like sitting here agonizing over people. And, and you're right. They probably aren't. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it takes up so much energy to be angry when we can just sit there and focus on ourselves and uh, have the people around us that truly do care about us. Yeah. You know, we can surround ourselves with people that are good for us and good to us instead of the people that kind of just drain us. Because if, we ha- if we're surrounding ourselves with, with negative people, then we're going to feel negative. Yeah. It's all about who you have around you. And that goes for men, that goes for friends, that goes for family. The family is another one we might need to touch on another day. (laughs) (laughs) Stephanie knows my family. (laughs) I guess I want to end with what advice would you have for the author or for women who feel like her? Because I feel like you're in a much better space to talk to that than I am. Well, she actually said something that was really good that I really liked. Um, and this is, I also use this with my clients. Hurt people hurt people. Yeah. These men are wounded just like us. And if we can try to take a look at that they may also be in pain, then I think that will help us to be more understanding of where they're coming from. Okay. Because it, the hurt isn't just one side. It's not just our hurt. You know, right. There's also their hurt. And not everyone knows how to communicate. And, so, and a lot of guys, unfortunately, don't know how to communicate. So the hope is that mental health will be promoted more in the black community, especially for, amongst men, mm. so that if they have had trauma like this guy in this article, that they get the help that they need so that they don't bring other people into their chaos. Yeah. Leave a path of broken people yeah. behind them. Exactly. All right. Any final words, my friend? Uh, I don't think so. I think I'm, I think I'm good. You think you're good? Yeah. All right. Thank you, Stephanie, for joining us and being the calm, rational voice tonight. Well, I am still the angry, irate woman I was before, but I'm going to work on it. And, uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. So again, thank you, Stephanie, for taking the time to talk to me, to us, and for being calm and giving a lot of advice that I think is really helpful and useful to people. And for not letting the black cloud over me totally dampen our conversation. So cool kids, as always, you can catch us on Facebook and Instagram at cool and E. Um, we're working on the website, so coolandee.com is still up, but I wouldn't really use that right now. And as always, you can catch us on the Facebook group cool and ease cool kids you don't have to be a woman or woman of color you just gotta be cool and we'll just catch you later taters bye